I'm in a very tiny person. I get a lot of negative comments revolving my weight, all of these things. And it's just like, you don't know me and you, I mean, you don't know how I live my life. What comes with being more forward facing is criticism. How do you respond to the ones that genuinely come from a place of concern? If you could not do one of the things, what would it be? Cooking. Really? Mm -hmm. So you enjoy the styling the most? Oh yeah, I grew up and I wanted to go into fashion. My name's Mimi Bouchard, founder of Superhuman, the transformational app that helps you become your future self so that you can finally start attracting more joy, abundance, health, wealth, and love into your life. And that's also my mission on this podcast. Meet people whose lives have been transformed in big and small ways, but always for the better. They tell me how they did it so that you can too. Today on the podcast, Breaking Bread with Tegan Gerard the face behind the wildly popular food blog, Half-Baked Harvest. I like to cook for people. Mm. So I like to cook with a person in mind. I guess I'm a little bit of a people pleaser in that way. When I started cooking, I literally started cooking, well, I started cooking to help my family. And, but like, I also started cooking like semi in part because like, I wanted to make my mom lunch mm -hmm. and I just, I would make her when I first started cooking, she's big on like breakfast and like chocolate chip pancakes. And, um, so I would like make her chocolate chip banana pancakes for like lunch or something like that. And it was so much fun because she would just get, she's not a cook. She's a baker, but she's not a cook. So we would have like dessert on the table, but we wouldn't have dinner. Mm -hmm. So I love to be able to make people happy so easily because cooking is easy for me. Like it's not, it does come natural, flavors come natural, like all of that is just kind of instinct in me. But what I love about it is being able to present it to people in a way that is visually so pretty and vision, but also tastes so delicious. Mm -hmm. And you can just kind of like see it in them. It just, it just made them feel good, you know? So I think I definitely thrive on that as well. So it's your love language almost for someone that you love. You'd want to cook for them. I I guess yeah. so. Yeah. I've never, no one's ever said it that way, but yeah. Is it a love language thing for yourself too? Like, do you, after a long trip or a long day, make yourself a beautiful meal and just sit down and enjoy it? Or it's more for, you know, for me it's, personally, it's it's the latter. I like to cook a big, beautiful meal for my family or my It's the latter partner. for sure. Yeah. Like if other people, if it's just myself, I think, you know, you're just like, whatever. Eating out of the container. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like you're like, I mean, it's just me. It's like, yeah. you know, which is sad because like you should try to make things super pretty for yourself too, but it's just like, whatever. Doesn't always happen that time, way. Time, you know, time is a, time is a tricky thing to come by, so but I bet you always have such good food in your fridge. You're cooking every day. I do have, well, here's the thing about what's in my fridge. Like I am all about, I don't have like prepared foods, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of have to make it. Mm -hmm. So I have a beautiful fridge full of beautiful produce, mm -hmm. which I love. But like my brothers would open my fridge and be like, you don't have any food. And I'd be like, there's lots of food in there. They're like, you don't have any food. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, it's not made. You got to make it, you know? So. Your origin story is very well known, and you started cooking as a teenager, as you just said, to help out your family. But for people who do not know about your big family, give us the lowdown. Yes. Yeah, so my family is so much of who I am. Um, they really are, and they're also, like, what keep me grounded and, like, 
the same person, I feel like, too, because mm-hmm. the, they knock you down right when you need to be. If you need to be, and I'm not really the type of person that would ever needs to be, like, I have no problem knocking myself down kind of thing. But, like, they're great. They're crazy. I am one of eight kids. And so I grew up in mostly in Ohio. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I was the only girl for 16 years of my life. So I had three brothers. I had three older brothers. And then I had two younger brothers. And we are all from the same two sets of parents. So we're not a blended family. And growing up was so chaotic. I think like anybody with brothers can like they're it's their brothers, like they're hardcore, they fight, they, I mean, like I, I was also such a tomboy growing up. Like I wore boxers, boxers are in for women. So I should be bringing my boxers, my brother's boxers right back out. But literally I lived in my brother's boxers. I would like, my mom used to say that like, she would dress me all cute and girly and like these really cute little outfits with like, I would wear hats all the time as a little girl. And I still love hats to this day. But, like, she would dress me really cute. But, like, I'd get in the car from school. And apparently I'd, like, rip my school clothes off. And I'd be down in my, you know, boxer shorts. And, like, I was such a tomboy. I mean, I only had boys, you know. So I really grew up that way. But, like, dinners. My mom was, has always been a stay-at-home mom full-time. But, like, and so my dad had a 9-to-5 job. He sold bonds growing up. And he worked outside of the home. Like, you know, everybody like works from home. He had went into the office and all the things. And then he would go to the gym after work. And my dad was always the cook. So my mom would have chocolate chip cookies, her special K bars, like all kinds of anything chocolate, no fruit desserts, chocolate always on the table. We'd have it every night, but like dinner was always like, well, wait, what's for dinner kind of thing. So we would eat dinner pretty late, usually like between 8.39, like sometimes later, but not usually on a school night. She'll kill me if I like tea and she's like, you're exaggerating. I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> um, but, and we would have tacos, my dad's beef tacos, which to this day, I still love them. Don't, can't knock them down. They're delicious. Also, one of my most popular recipes on my website is my dad's, the, the, they're not my dad's tacos to a tea, but they're like inspired by my dad's tacos. And chicken and rice, like bland chicken and rice. We would eat these like, you know, multiple times a week. And so eventually in middle school, I just kind of got like tired of it. And also was just like, I'm the middle child. So I don't know what that really says about me, but like I wanted to help my family. I wanted to help my dad get dinner on the table. I wanted to help my mom. I wanted to also control the chaos. I'm such a control freak. Chaos stresses me out. My mom thrives on chaos. So we're complete opposites in that way. She literally thrives in chaotic situations. And I'm like, get me out of this. Like, you know, so I wanted to control the situation in that way. And so I started cooking. And when I started cooking, I just kind of like never stopped. I started cooking. I would do dinner every night. My older brother loves food. And so he like gave me the best reactions. And I think I really fed off of that and kind of like kept that momentum going. And from there, I just sort of liked to please my brothers. Mm -hmm. So I would make all of their favorites and like things that they really liked. Like my younger brother's big on chicken quesadillas and like all of the things. So I just kind of kept doing it, like not thinking much of it throughout middle school and then throughout high school as well. When we eventually, I moved to Colorado with my family in ninth grade and continued to cook then graduated early. I never enjoyed school, was never someone that like 
thrived in that setting. And so I graduated early when I was 18 with an associate's degree from Colorado Mountain College. So I had technically two years of college complete as well. And I was going to go to school out here in LA to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. Really grew up, lived, breathed fashion, loved it. Was the girl that was doing the Vogue magazine collage cutouts all over her bedroom, styling my grandma's mannequin on the weekends that she had, like, you know, because my grandma was a fashionable, very chic woman. This She was very stylish. And so I really kind of grew up and lived and breathed that, and that's always what I thought I really wanted to do. And to this day, if I wasn't doing that, I would be doing fashion. But when I started cooking, I think what I really did was I styled the food with the eye that I styled clothes. So I really enjoyed the styling piece of food. And that's kind of how I create recipes is I visualize them first. I visualize them on a plate, on the table, how I want them to look, the mood, the the lighting, all of that comes before the recipe is even really like put together in any form. Uh, So I basically kind of work backwards and it works beautifully for me. And that is my creative process. And it's a mess, but it works. What was it that made you decide to go the food route with your business instead of the fashion route? Well, it it just happened. It was just so, yeah, it was actually my mom. So I have my mom to thank for everything. And my mom is also my business partner to this day, has been from day one of creating the website to. I always say my mom is actually the one that makes all the money in the in the business. She's really the real game player here. But my mom's she's truly one of those moms where you're like, she's super mom for sure. But I mean, she's eight kids. So, you know, like she's super mom. I guess I had sort of started reading food blogs back in the day when they were really just 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 on the cusp of like becoming what they were and then you know because at one point in time they were really quite big and before right before Instagram they were pretty they were having a big moment and so that was really when I guess I started reading them I guess just kind of for like ideas you know like for I was being on like health and health and wellness ones because I've always been someone I've always grown up in a family like for we've never been much of processed eaters or like fast food like I for some reason didn't eat fast food as a kid like we didn't do that so I guess I was kind of just reading different food blogs for some yeah. inspiration. And she was like, why don't you just start a food blog? And I was kind of at a point in my life where I'm like, okay, I don't know what I want to do anymore. Like I feel so lost, right? Like, and I am not the type of person that's just going to sit around and like wallow. Like I literally like knock me down and I'm going to get right back up and, and like get right back up and go in 10 speeds faster. I don't know what the, I'm not very good at those types of like sayings or whatever. But so I was kind of just like, what do I have to lose by doing this? Not thinking, I was thinking nothing of it. Literally, I didn't have expectations for it. I didn't have of like what I want this to be in five years, 10 years, didn't have any of that. Was just kind of like going day by day. And But the day that we started, I just never looked back. Consistency has been one of the most important things in my business. And I've been consistent with creating content and stand, and being there for my community and interacting with my community for the last 11 years. And 
we've been doing it together and we just never looked back. And so the day I started, I just never looked back. It was always, I just started, I went, you know, both feet in and gave it my everything. And to this day, I still, you gotta, you gotta I swear you gotta work at it harder now than you did 10 years ago. So you still just kind of hustling day by day. And I, I love that. And mm-hmm. I never looked back. So you started your food blog and did it just get traction immediately? How, how did that growth happen? So within the first year it got traction and I was working it. Like I was commenting on other people's websites. I was commenting on Twitter was really big then. I was on Twitter all the time. I was on Pinterest 24 seven. I was doing all the things that like I read online that I should be doing and very interactive putting out content I put out from day one I put out at least at least five days of new posts and then but usually six consistently like we've really only missed a handful of of days of posting in 11 years and so consistency has really been huge Mm -hmm. and I think that just consistency and quality content is what really drove things for us and drove that growth and also, I'm, I've always given to my community and given them the time of day and listened to them and spent time with them and really made them feel heard. And I think that especially today, you can have a lot of creators and people on the internet that like have these big followings and they don't really interact with their communities and they don't really show them the time of day. And I think that that's just, you're doing yourself a disfavor because those are your people. Those are your people that if you're putting out a product, those are your people you want to buy it. Those are your people you want to feel connected to. So you want to give them a little bit of time. They're giving you their time, which today is so valuable. I think it's really, really, uh, you know, you for someone to give you fi- even five seconds of time is a big deal. So, you know, I think that showing them a little bit of time showing them a little bit in return is very, they feel very heard. And I think that's really important and something that's been very unique to my brand is that we, I have always, always made an effort to do that from day one, have responded to my Instagram messages, my direct messages since day one, everybody gets, I mean, things fall through cracks. So I'm so sorry if I've missed your message in the past, but like people will tell you, like ask anybody the DMS, I get back to you. So I think that's really, really rare when you have people who have, who do have millions of followers Mm -hmm. and like, they're not looking at their messages. And I just think it's so important to have, to be looking at your messages and and interacting with your community in that way. Those are your people, like keep your people happy. So when did you know, Hey, you know what? This might actually become a really big business. At what point was there a pivotal moment in your career where things were really kicking off and you're like, oh my gosh, I have something here. No, you know, like people ask me that a lot. And I think for some people, they do have moments where they're like, I wasn't the girl that ever went viral, right? Mm -hmm. Like I still, I mean, I have content that has done incredibly well, don't get me wrong. But like, it's just been a steady, slow growth for me, which I actually think is so beneficial because My people have grown with me. I've grown that community. I have the most loyal 
community that buy my cookbooks, that support my content, that support, you know, want to read about my day-to-day life, want to know me, right? And I think that when you, I think what can happen when you are someone that maybe has, has seen success and seen success very quickly is you have these large communities that maybe just hit the follow button and don't really care to know too much about you. And you have these people following you. You have this huge number, but your engagement is like, well, the eyeballs just aren't quite there, right? Or they're not, they're there, but they're not willing to buy your product or give you their time. So I think it's really valuable to have a very, very loyal community like that that has really grown with you. All right, let's take a quick break because I want to tell you what makes my healthy routine super easy to stick to. I value my health so much and I've been using Organifi products now for three whole years. When I'm consistent using their products, I feel better. I have better clarity of mind. I feel healthier. I feel more energized. And it really doesn't take a lot to feel this way with their Sunrise to Sunset kit. With this one kit, you can literally transform your entire day in three simple steps. Here's what the kit includes. Their hero product, of course, the green juice. I love this one every morning. It is like the best refresher for your entire mind, body, and soul. This kickstarts your morning with its 11 detoxifying superfoods, and you don't even need coffee when you drink this delicious green juice in the morning. And then you get your midday boost with Organifi's red juice that contains antioxidant-rich berries plus four powerful adaptogens. This drink is like a delicious berry drink I have with ice in my little glass cup and a little glass straw. And it's the best little pick-me-up. It's low sugar and it has a really delicious like raspberry taste. And in the evening, you can have this healthified hot chocolate drink that has nine soothing superfoods and adaptogens in it. It literally helps you sleep. The Organifi Gold drink tastes like hot chocolate and it is so good for you. It's super low sugar as well. And it has things like reishi mushroom, turmeric, and ginger all in one delicious nighttime drink. Pro tip, throw in some oat milk and it literally tastes like this delicious creamy drink. You don't even taste the superfoods in it and it really curbs your sweet tooth craving at night. It's the perfect night cap. The Sunrise to Sunset kit is already discounted being a kit, but if you want to get an extra 20% off, you can always use my code Mimi at checkout and head to Organifi.com forward slash Mimi. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com slash Mimi. Take advantage of this discount and start getting your health routine in check. Now back to the podcast. Wow. Well, as I was telling you off air, this is a personal development podcast and you're always so public about your food and your business yeah. to the world. And I want to get to know the real Tegan Jerry. Yeah, I'm an open book. <laughs> your platform is huge. You have best-selling cookbooks. You have 5.2 million followers on Instagram. What is the hardest part about being the face of such a big brand? You know, I think it's the, it is, it is the consistency of it all and kind of like showing up every single day, I think is quite a bit like you definitely, and I, and I show my off days or I try to, because I do think that like, you know, that's the other thing too. I think it is, and everybody says this, but like I do, I think it's actually very important to be like, Hey guys, like I'm totally just like you. And like, 
I burnt the kitchen towel on the stove burner there because I left it on. And like, I'm like, I'm just like the rest of you, like, just because I have this like presence on the internet doesn't mean that I'm like any better than like that person who's following me. Cause I'm just as normal as they are. So like, I definitely have my off days, but it's kind of being on 24 seven. Like you really like, you don't, I think anybody in this space and honestly, anybody who has their own business knows turning it off. Isn't easy. You're you're, and if it's your own business, you're, and depending on like the type of person you are, you're you're probably working 24-7. Like, people, like, who have a 9 to 5, like, sometimes I say to my, like, my brother has a 9 to 5. I'm like, dude, you have so much time off. Like, I have no time off, you know? And because also my my brand is also, like, my lifestyle. It's not just my work. It spills over into my life, you know? So sharing my life, it's, it's definitely, and I think everybody runs into this that is in, in this space is it's hard to turn it off. What is, what is work? What is life? Mm -hmm. Where's the balance? And I will be the first to tell you, I have not mastered the balance of that work-life situation. And I think that's probably the biggest struggle. And I think a lot of people will really tell you that, but I mean, there's a lot of struggles. It's, it's hard. It's creating your own business. I mean, I didn't go to business school, you know, mm -hmm. running a, being a boss, like, and I hate, like, like I don't refer to myself in that way, but like having a team and like managing them and, and figuring that all out yeah. is so hard. Like there's so many things about this that like you would never guess someone is dealing with, but they are dealing with. So there's so many like hidden things that I think are, really such a struggle than obstacles that you have to get through, depending on the person that you are and like how you are your personality and, and the way that you, the way that you, you know, are. But I mean, there's a lot of struggles, but it's so great at the same time too, you know? So I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Especially being the front forward face of the yeah. brand. You know, there's so much criticism that can come from that. And Guys, That's the world just needs to be a nicer place. Just remember, like, just because you're sitting behind a computer screen doesn't mean you can sit there and bash someone because you're having a bad day. Like, it's not going to make you feel any better. Yeah. People can definitely, you know, they feel like they know you. Yes. Because they followed you for so long. They feel like they can say things to you. Yeah. Like. There's a lot of things that are said that you're just like. You don't know me. You yeah. don't, you know, you know, you know the sliver of me that you see online. There's also so much more to me that you don't see. I'm actually like some people say like that I'm, and I do, I share a lot, but I don't share everything, you know, like I think that you, I don't think that anybody can share everything. You have to have your like, you know. Center. And there are certain things that you don't want to necessarily tell yeah. the world about too, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So how do you deal with those negative comments? And listen, I've gotten so many of them too in my life. I'm in the public eye. And, Everybody does. Everybody deals with it. You know, when... Which is really sad. It's really sad. And when I go through my negative comments, I, you know, sometimes pretend I don't see them or they always trigger me. But when it comes to someone like you having so many followers and so many people that feel like they know you, as I was going through your content, reading these amazing reviews and then other things and people's opinions, I'm just curious to know how you deal with negative comments with 5 million followers. Yeah. And even the ones that, that might you might feel are misunderstood or that you don't really comment on, there's a lot about health that I've seen mm -hmm, as I comment mm -hmm. or as I look through your comments. 
And I've never really seen you respond to that, those comments about people concerned about something health related. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the type of person or I, the way that I handle it is we've really seen it pick up in the last year, year and a half, especially since I have become more of a forward facing, like in the first few years, like things, Instagram wasn't as big as it was. I was definitely more behind the scenes. And then as things have started to change within the space, you've, you've really needed to be more forward facing. And I, I've loved that, honestly, like it's been really great. I love interacting with my community and I love, I love getting to do all podcasts, TV things, all, I love all the opportunities that have come and, and being able to be more forward facing. But what comes with being more forward facing is criticism. Because like you said, people feel like they know you and this, this and that, and they really just don't know anything about you. And they can leave really hurtful, hateful comments that are quite frankly out of nowhere or like that don't know anything. And yes, I think because I'm in food, I get a lot, and I, I'm in a very tiny person. I get a lot of negative comments revolving my weight, all of these things. And it's just like, whoa, 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 like you don't know me and you, I mean, you don't know how I live my life and you can't sit there and say this, this and that. And I think it is so sad. And at first they killed me. Like I was like, what, what do I do to this? Um, I, so my thing, I don't give it energy. So my be all end all to, to negative comments, no matter what it is, is I, if it is constructive criticism, I take it, I adjust it and I take that criticism and I say, this is, this is constructive. How can I use this to make myself or my business or something that we are doing as a team better? But if it is just mean and hurtful, I don't give it any energy. I don't give it the time of the day. We've recently started deleting certain blog comments because people have been like the other community have been like, this is offsetting. Like this is, there's no need for this. Like this is bringing negativity to such a positive space, which is so sad because I in the past have had really, really a lot of positivity and we've seen negative more since COVID became a thing. And, you know, people really like, it's a hard time in the world. There's yeah. a lot of unhappy people. It's really sad. So if I am responding, it's going to be in the nicest way possible. And usually what happens is that person will then respond back and say, wow, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I responded in that way. That was really harsh. Or I just don't give it energy and we don't respond. And if it's really bad, we will. We'll delete it. We've started deleting things. Like we don't need the, the negativity in the space and there's just no need for it. And if something needs to be addressed, like if I feel like it needs to be addressed, I will address it. But 99% of the time, I haven't experienced anything that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really just a bunch of nonsense and people making assumptions of things or people yelling at me for things that like, are out of my control or like, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, it's really tough because some of these people, from what I was reading, they feel like they know you. Mm -hmm. We, No one knows what's going on in anyone's lives. But what do you, how do you respond to the ones that genuinely come from a place of concern? Mm -hmm. They love you. They want to make sure you're okay. What do yeah. you have to say to those people? Some of those people, I think if someone is like messaging me directly, I'll always get back to you. I always get back to someone directly. If someone is leaving something in a public space, I don't tend to give it energy because I think that if you're leaving something in a public space, you're not doing it out of best interest. And I also don't want to feed the comment threads because if I jump in, then it's just going to continue to create more commentary around it. And 
then my words can get twisted. And you just have to be very, very careful about the way that you're responding to things on the internet because once it's on the internet, it's never going away. Even if you delete it, it's not going away. So I don't tend to give those ones energy. If you are sending me a message direct, I'll always give you a response, whether it is whether you're being so hurtful or you're being very genuine and kind. And then and I'll just respond with the truth of what's what's happening. I have nothing to hide. And I think that's all that you can do. Yeah. But like, I don't think that really, like, I have too many things to do in my day to give it the time and the energy to let it bring me down. Because if I do that, then they're winning and I'm the only one losing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I understand that. And, you know, it, it must be hard constantly having people comment on appearance, comment on this, on that. And, on your family. On your family. What do they say about your family? Oh, my God. I mean, they have gone off about Oslo's hair for the last year. My little brother's hair, you guys. And finally, I put out a story, and I'm like, you guys, this is ridiculous. Like, this is—you need to back off. It's—he is a two-year-old. Like— so Oslo's your adopted little brother. Oslo's my adopted brother, which is something like that is a question, too, that I— it's, it's not anything that we hide, but because of that Oslo is adopted, but because he is, it's you have to be sensitive to his feelings. Mm-hmm. He is two now, but he will grow up, you know? Um, and it's not something that anybody's hiding from him either, so it's not. But it's just, it is a sensitive topic because that is, you know, I mean, that's a hard thing for any family to deal with in that, in that way. And But I mean, I think everybody who follows knows that Oslo is the greatest little joy that's ever entered our family. So those are trickier questions that I don't always have answers to. Because I get those a lot. It's like, do you always respond to them or do you not respond to them? You know? And we get a lot of questions around that. And it's like, we're very open about the adoption. And my mom especially is very open about that process and everything. But it's like, to what point can you be? Because you also don't want to make it a thing in Oslo's life. You know? And so it's a it's a, it's 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 an interesting with something we're still we're navigating because we don't know. Yeah. And I want to be able to grow in other areas. My biggest struggle right now is a little bit of frustration and people kind of seeing me in a light that isn't just in my kitchen, right? Because I need a little bit more than just standing in my kitchen cooking behind a counter. And so kind of being, I want to be doing the other things that are of interest to me within the design space, right? I love design. I love styling. I love to make anything that I touch look really, really pretty. So I think that my biggest struggle is really growth, growing pains. Like we're growing as a company. Every single day we have growth. You know, I think that what something that a lot of people kind of put to the wayside when Instagram really became so big was their websites, their email lists, their online presence, that the things that they own online. So something that's really, really unique about us and what we do is that we still have a huge, huge website. Our website is, you know, um, used in a way that is used like in all recipes or it's like it's an index at this point. We still have our numbers are incredible. Our email list is incredible. Like and that is that's I we own that. That's content that I can control that people are seeing, whereas like you can't control what Instagram does anymore. Nobody can do like, it's a very hard space to be on social media, but those are platforms, my website, our email list, like 
those are, we own those. So we control those. We have complete control over that. And that is a really beautiful thing in this day and age. And I think that we're going to actually start seeing people going back to that model. You already see people creating newsletters and things like that. This is content that we as creators can own and can control, which is a really, really big deal because you just can't control what social media, like there's like threat of TikTok going away every single day. So it's like, Nobody knows what's going to happen in the social media space. So I think you have to have, I think it's really important to have cushion elsewhere. Yeah. What do you love most about your business? Oh my gosh, there's so many things I love about, there's nothing I don't love about my business. Like I love having my own business. Mm -hmm. I love working for myself. I love what I do. I feel frustration in what I do because we're at a pace, uh, at a place where we are at, it's like growing pains, you know, with any company, when you want to grow and you want to continue to build your community and things like that, you have, you have different growing pains, but those are just struggles that everybody deals with. There's so many things to love. I love interacting with my community. I love to get to create for them every single day. I love to, I don't have to sit in an office setting every single day and sit behind a desk and like, do mindless computer work, right? I love that I get to work with my hands all day long. I love, really, I love, it's so rewarding what I do and watching people learn to cook and create and recreate my recipes and share them on social and share them with their family and hear the stories about how just one recipe changed someone's day, their week, their month. Um, made their family's holiday. It's so special. So there's so many things like that, that like, I just, I don't take that for granted. Like it's incredible that people are allowing me to be a part of their families in that way where they're literally creating their Thanksgiving menus with only my recipes or their Christmas menus with only my recipes. So it's really, really cool. Moving away from the business side and bringing into your personal side. Yeah. What do you love most about yourself? So what I love about myself is that I am, and it, and it's to my, it's my greatest like strength and also my biggest probably downfall. I do not give up. Like I just am the type of person where even if I feel a little bit knocked down, like I'm not going to give up. And if you like doubt me, I'm going to prove you wrong. Like I'm just... I'm just, I'm a, I'm very competitive in that way. And I definitely love to be an underdog that comes out on top. I have no problem with that. And, you know, so I think that my, those are some of my, that's like my greatest quality. And what I really respect most of myself is that I am very hardworking. I have a really hard work ethic. And that also like, I mean, I, I do genuinely, like I care about others and I care about like making others happy and little things that I can do. Like if I can send someone flowers and it brightens their day, I love that randomly. Or if I can give them a candle that maybe like they didn't even know they wanted or needed, but like they burn it every single night and it just brings them a little inkling of happiness or a recipe that has really served them really, really well in their busy lives. Like I am a people pleaser in that way. So I also really like to, I like that I am mindful of other people around me and caring in that way. And then bringing it on to the other side of the spectrum, is there anything you wish you could change about yourself? Oh, yeah. There's a million things I wish I could change about myself. 
I mean, I'm crazy. Like, to- totally, like, crazy today. I'm very, I run anxious. So I do have a lot of anxiety and things like that. And, you know, I definitely am, a, I'm like, my mom is very loosey-goosey and doesn't, like, need schedules. Like, I thrive on, like, a pretty, I'm a, I'm a Virgo to a T, you know. So, like, I thrive on a nice schedule and, like, routine. Breaking routines is so hard for me. So I wish I could be a little bit more, like, flexible in that way easygoing. There's like, there's a list. I, I could go on and on and list the things that I could, but, um, you are who you are, you know? So you also have to learn to accept that, I think, and understand that like everybody's different and that's why the world goes round. Where do you think this anxiety came from? Do you remember it from your childhood? Yeah, I think that like, I have a lot of anxiety because of the chaos and not, I grew up in an amazing household. My parents are amazing. I wouldn't change a thing about the way that I grew up, but it was very chaotic. And like I said, I don't thrive in chaos. So I was always trying to control that chaos. And I think that my anxiousness comes from that. I also think that, so I had a lot of school anxiety when I was a kid. And I think that I didn't like going into the school setting And feeling like that teacher had control over me, it made me really anxious. I don't ever like going into a setting and ever feeling like I am not in in control of situations. So I think that that made me really anxious about school. Um, I also think I had separation anxiety from my mom for sure. So I think that like the chaos of the, the way that I grew up is a lot of, and then the school anxiety of it all is a lot of the reasons why I still have anxiety like to this day. Mm -hmm. How do you take care of yourself when it all feels overwhelming and busy and too much? Yeah. I will buy myself flowers every single day and I will light a candle every single night. And those are kind of like my, at the end of the day, like if I also calling my mom on the phone and like just having a good cry and like all of those things. I thank God for mothers, like, because they can really save the day. But um, lighting a candle and having a beautiful bouquet of flowers is my be all end all. Like I just and warmth. I'm a I'm like I put me in front of a fire or a heat fan and I'm instantly relaxed. Mm-hmm. How does your family help you with the pressure of being a public figure? You said your mom's like your rock. Any other people in your family that my you go dad, to? My dad, dad is actually, like, I will sit, I can vent to my dad a little bit more than my mom because my mom can, like, I can kind of, like, be a little bit harsher in a way to my mom. And um, sometimes, like, I can take my frustrations out on my mom and I can do the same with my dad, but my dad doesn't care. So he's kind of like a nice little punching bag for me in a way. Um, my dad and I are actually so, so similar So he just gets me a little bit more where my mom and I are complete opposites. So he's able to like see my viewpoints, I think a little bit better than my mom sometimes. My dad is huge. And also my dad is a business guy. So he's constantly someone that like we're bouncing business ideas off of always, always consulting with my dad. He's a part of the business, but like not a part of the business kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So my parents are really, they're just the most solid two people. Like I couldn't ask for better parents. They really are my be all end all. Like every, like, I don't know what I would do without my parents. So. How happy do you think you are in your life from one to 10 in this phase? I'm like, I'm like a seven just because I feel frustration in the, in my, my, like it depends on the day. 
It depends on the day. And I only say seven because I just feel frustration in this exact era of my life. I think that it can be a 10 depending on the day and what's happening that day. But I think in general, I'm very happy though with my life and the way that it is and very, very thankful the way that like things have turned out for me and that like I was able to take the route that I did take. If you could tell 15-year-old Tegan anything, what would it be? Chill out. Oh my gosh. Also, don't rush through things so quickly because you are just like, where did time go? And like, I never really did the whole, I never did the college experience where you just like let go, live and have fun. Like never did that. I've always been working, just been more of like a serious person. And I don't know that like that would have really ever been my thing anyways, but I never even dabbled in it. So just take your time, you know, like you are not, you don't need to have everything accomplished by you know, the Forbes 30 under 30 situation. So I always hear, I don't know, I'm sure many of you know who like Mariana Hewitt is and she's always talking about like Forbes 30 under 30 and like how you always have these goals to make Forbes 30 under 30 lists, but like, okay, well, you're only 30 and you've already achieved all of this. So it's like, now what? You know, you still have all these years to go. So pace yourself, Tegan, because you have a lot of time. And do you want to move more into fashion and lifestyle stuff? What's your plan with that? So I want to incorporate it. I want to show people that at the end of the day, what's so beautiful about food is that it is at the end of the day, everything. It's how we come together. It's how we interact. It's like, do you want to meet up for dinner? Do you want to have a drink? Uh, Do you guys want to come over for Christmas dinner? Like, Food is everything. Food is the center of all of our interactions, if you think about it. So that's really cool. And it's like, but like when you're entertaining or when you're going to dinner, you probably care about what you're wearing and things like that. Some people, it depends on who you are. My mom doesn't care, you know, but it depends on who you are. And so I I just want to be able to incorporate a little bit of all of those things into, into the food piece of it. I will never drop the food out of my career. That is what I am known for. That is what I do. That's what people are here for. I totally get that. I just want to enter in more of the other things that I love, which is the fashion piece of it and sharing, you know, like, okay, so if I am doing a dinner or Christmas dinner, this is also what I'm going to be wearing or also how I'm going to be setting my table, you know, and just kind of sharing those elements of it as well and kind of dabbling a little bit in those areas, but always bringing it back to how it relates to food. So really creating more of a lifestyle brand. Yeah, yeah, definitely, which I think is nice. That is really nice. So are you ready for a quick fire round? Okay, yeah, fun. We're going to do food edition. Okay. Your indispensable spice. Paprika. The most underrated herb. I, I hate to say this because this lover hate, but cilantro. I just think cilantro is so good. I love it. And you can use it in so many ways. Something you have never eaten and may never. Spam. Ooh, I hate spam. Yeah. Never had it, but it looks gross. Something you'd still like to try. Octopus. You've never tried it? I've had bad versions of it. Uh-huh. I need to try it. A good version. A good version. Like really rubbery versions. Oh, yeah. Like those aren't good. It's not good. What is your go-to breakfast? Mm, I mean, 
this is so lame, but like I actually love just like a piece of toast, avocado toast or a bowl of yogurt cereal and like a bunch of different grains on top. Yeah. Really quick and easy breakfast. What about your go-to lunch? Um, I love a breakfast for lunch. So that's like when I'll do like a fried egg on a toast or things like that and get like do like a little bit more of like a fancy lunch situation where it takes 15 to 20 minutes to prepare it or a big salad and then just toss whatever like is in the fridge in the salad, like a kitchen sink bowl salad. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So, yeah. What about dinner? Dinner, I, if I'm just cooking for myself, I love a good roasted vegetable dinner where it's just like a medley of a ton of roasted vegetables, some avocado. I'll do like a rice or some kind of grain. Always. I'm a carb girl for sure. Um, something really, really simple like that. And then like a really great sauce or dressing. Creamy. You eat so healthy. I, yeah. I Your mean, recipes, they look delicious, but I they love cheese. The, uh, I love, <laughs> the healthiest I love cheese. No, for sure. I love cheese. And if I'm cooking for other people, I love to do things like lasagnas mm-hmm. and like little like cozier foods and stuff like that. But if it's just me and I'm yeah. literally just, it's like you kind of just do what's easiest, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'll eat leftovers though if they're in the fridge. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. What is one hack for taking the best food pictures? Add an herb. Add something fresh. Mm. Add something that makes it really pop. What is the last word on cleaning cast iron pans? Oh my gosh, just rinse it with water and call it a day, guys. No soap? So easy. No, don't use soap. The oils, the oils from your food season your cast iron and just help it continue to cook your food essentially just like better. Right. Because the cast iron needs those oils. Okay. So do you ever uh, cook on a stainless steel pan? I I really don't. I don't don't. have any stainless steel. It's only cast iron. Recently, I've been thinking though I really need to get like a stainless steel or something. People just ask me so many questions about it and I just don't know anything about them. Yeah. So it's mostly just cast iron. Yeah. I use just cast iron. And you can like fry an egg on there and it won't stick? Yeah. Definitely. I gotta buy one. All right. In the kitchen, what makes you feel superhuman? Oh my gosh, a really sharp knife. Ooh. My knives are always dull. And when they're sharp, like I'm like, dang, this is a game changer. What's your favorite knife? Oh, I'm not picky, but I just I just use like a chef's knife. A brand wise, I couldn't even tell you. It's just yeah. like it's like a Japanese brand that Oh, the Japanese knives are great though. Yeah, it's like from Crate and Barrel or Williamson or Perfect. something. Yeah. All right. So what is next for Half Baked Harvest? I know we just spoke about how uh, you're gonna be integrating more lifestyle, but I hear rumors about a TV show. Is that There's always rumors of a TV show. A TV, if you are in the TV space, no, it is a very hard space to be in. I have meetings every single week about TV shows. So at the moment, there is still meetings and talks around a TV show. I don't have any news other than that. Fingers crossed, but you never know. Um, I saw on your Instagram story you were at Netflix. I was at Netflix. I did have a meeting with Netflix. There's conversations with Netflix, but... There's still just conversations. Would you love that? You want? Oh, I would yeah, do it that'd in that'd a heartbeat. Be fun. Absolutely, yeah, I would do it in a, a cooking show. Yeah, for sure. But nothing set in stone yet, so no, nothing there. But I will say that we're working on product, and I'm so excited about that. So that will be tabletop, which will be things like dishes, glassware, linens, all of those things that you need to make a really gorgeous home setting for your kitchen. That's incredible. Yes, I'm very excited about that. We're we're doing a few different things there. 
uh, one of them with one of my favorite brands, and then also uh, doing a big renovation on the studio at my home, which I'm very excited about. And there may or may not be some more cookbooks in the works. So there's a lot happening behind the scenes. Amazing. Yeah, there's a lot. Okay, last question. I like to ask everyone on the show about their future selves. This podcast is so much so about the self-image of your desired future, creating the self-image of your future life and truly becoming the kind of person that you want to become. So I ask you, Tegan, who do you envision as your ultimate self 10 years from now? Oh my gosh, I just want to be someone that has the ability to help people in ways that is like just connect people with with, with things that they want, right? Like I've had so many people in my life come into my life that have really helped me in ways that they don't even know helped me Mm -hmm. and been just so kind and generous. I just want to be someone that is very successful in what she does and has, has, you know, gotten and met her career. I have so many goals and so many things that I want to do. So I definitely want to get to all those goals and do all of those things. But at the same time, I want to be someone who's doing it and able to give back in so many ways. Um, you know, whether that's to charities and different things like that, or our community or whatever it is, but always remembering to help people out along the way, I think is really, 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 really important and never being too busy to stop and, you know, help someone across the street if they need it. You know what I mean? So, and trying to always, cause it can be really, really hard when you're busy and you are anxious or you're stressed or you're running from the airport to try to get somewhere on time. Like to just stop and remember that like you can take the five extra minutes that maybe you need to do to help someone who needs it. Yeah. Well, you seem like a very generous and lovely person. I seem better than I I probably am in real life, but I I try. I try. I try my best. No, you're great. Thank you, Tegan, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me on. Where where can everyone find you and check out your recipes? Yeah, I'm pretty much Half-Baked Harvest all around on Instagram. Half-Baked Harvest. TikTok is Half-Baked Harvest. And then, of course, you can go to halfbakedharvest.com where you can pretty much get every single thing that you need there. So, and you can always DM me. Like I said, I will get back to you with your questions. You can email me, all of those things. I'm pretty much, I'm very, I'm very easily researchable. Okay, one one more question. What recipe does someone need to try if they're new to your work? Oh my gosh, please just make, <laughs> one. Just just make, one. Just make the crispy tacos. They're so crispy good. tacos. So you guys, you just can't go wrong with a taco. Okay, I'm going to have to make those. You've got to make Stay tacos. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, bye to you. Bye, thank you. Did you know if you leave a rating or review on this podcast, the algorithm is going to target you with more content that you enjoy. So take advantage of the beautiful algorithm. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating or review on our podcast. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.